And we are live with another episode of the MMA UK Late Show. I'm joined this week by Andrew Fisher. Thanks for joining us, Andrew. Hi, you all right? I'm wonderful, thank you. And Stuart Stoneboy Henderson, who I'm meeting for the first time virtually, a member of the MMA UK team. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And you did a mammoth interview earlier on today, so I really appreciate you getting back on again this afternoon. Oh, this evening definitely. Even. Not a problem at all. And as ever, I'm joined by my co-host, Peter Knox, who is recovering from COVID. How are you feeling, Peter? Hey, I feel like shit, but we're getting there. I went back to work for a couple of days this week and felt even worse, but I'm off this week, so I'll have a rest and then hopefully I can get back to normal and... Everything will be hunky-dory again. My kids have still got a week off school. Their isolation keeps changing because my partner got it. So they're happy because they've got a week off school. It's three weeks they've been off now. Oh, so, my God. <laughs> I know. Well, not my situation, but glad that you're on the mend. And you're going to tell yeah. us about our sponsor for the last week, last time they're sponsoring the MMA yeah. Yeah, not only is COVID fucked me up, they fucked for a sponsor up. Uh, obviously, a lot of companies and people have lost their jobs, obviously, obviously, through this difficult times and all that. So, obviously, fight through, have to be a bit more careful and all that. I, don't, I know they are still trying to do big things within the sport and stuff, and actually going into other sports as well. Like netball and stuff was one of the ones I've seen them mentioned, but obviously, they need to be a bit more careful. Uh, they leave on great terms. I love what we've done for them, and they might come back one day once, if we can ever get back to the old normality and all that. So... For the very last time, the MMA UK Let's Show is sponsored by Fight Fuel. Fight Fuel is a supplement and clothing company founded by martial artists, former martial artists and all combat sport athletes. The aim of the company is to supply supplements and clothing of the highest standard to all fighters and warriors so they can train, perform and win, just like Andrew. <laughs> well, thanks again to Fight Fuel for the sponsorship and hopefully we can partner with them again in the future. Wish them all the best, but... Guys, welcome to the show. Andrew, going to start with you. Congratulations on a massive win at Bellator a couple of weeks ago. Oh, thank you. Just, it was a, an amazing start to the card. Um, I'm very close with the GB Top Team guys, and um, Ash Grimshaw is a legend and a warrior. Like, how did it feel to face him? How do you feel the fight went, and how did you feel afterwards? Um, uh, I can't remember, but I, I'm not. I might have been meant to fight him before. I, I can't remember. It just brings a bell a bit tonight. Yeah. Um, and if it did, obviously it never materialised. But um, I think even when I when I first went pro, I think Ash was always one of the best ones in the country then. Um, so obviously I'm I'm pleased I got to fight him as well. And um, I thought he was really good. Actually, I thought it was a good fight. Um, it was a brilliant fight. Yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoyed I enjoyed it as well. He he had me in some little tricky situations, but I did feel quite. Um, I felt quite comfortable the whole time. Um, I, I know I dropped the first round, but I, I, I was a bit of a slow start, I think. Um, and then I think I set, picked it up nice and set it in third. And um, I felt all right afterwards. I try not to be too. Um, I try not to be too excited after wins as well, you know. <laughs> well, it was it was a really good fight, a really good opening to the whole event. I just really enjoyed it, and like you said. We, you, that you two might have been meant to face each other before. I was really surprised that you hadn't fought each other before. When I looked through both of your records, you both fought everyone. Yeah. Do we, the um, Did you hear the commentators keep calling us old and stuff as well? Yes, I did. <laughs> 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 they were like, yeah, yeah I did. 
I didn't think it's it was like that bad. The thesaurus out of like every word that they could use to to suggest. Oh, I know. Kept cutting jokes, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you certainly didn't look like that in there. And and also, the fact that you hadn't fought for three years, did you feel any ring rust or anything at all? Um, I don't know. I always get quite nervous. So I was nervous beforehand, but I always was. And I definitely think I, I started a bit slow, but um, I think it's because um, he, he's obviously known he's left-handed. Um, so I obviously spent a lot of my time prepping for a left-hander. And I've done a lot of travelling about and spent money like going to find left-handed people and then he came out right-handed so maybe that put us <laughs> off a bit bastard messing up your game plan uh, eh? I, I, I just I only spawned with left-handed people for that whole fight oh my god and I was gutted to hear him or see him put up a post afterwards and said that was his last fight for Bellator so yeah. I, was just, I felt that was a real shame after like it was a real spectacle and it was such an enjoyable fight yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how true this is as well, but um, they, they've they've cut quite a few people, um, and I think it's the guys who were getting paid really good money, to be honest. Right. So I don't know if they're trying to like, I don't know what's going on. If obviously with the COVID thing, Bellator used maybe he's not making as much money as it was, or but uh, I know there's been quite a few of the high peers being cut. Yeah, there's also a few people who've become available um, who I would have thought that Bellator would have snatched up, kind of like old Bellator would have snatched them up and they haven't. Yeah. And that made me wonder if they're being a little bit more careful with their money or having to to be a bit more... Yeah. Um, I think it was a bit unsure, aren't they, what's happening? Yeah, yeah. And you're obviously head coach at the fish tank, um, so it was a bit of a an emotional roller coaster of a night for you because Cal Pacino was headlining. We finally got to see that fight. It's been so highly anticipated. It, it's like the the Tony and Khabib of the Bellator world, yeah. and it, it didn't go Cal's way that night. No, it didn't. Yeah, like obviously, I know I know people love to hear Gallagher, but he, he is a really good grappler, isn't he as well? Yeah, he is. He is. I just so, feel sorry for anyone who's trained for one person for such a long time and then doesn't really get to display what he would have liked to have displayed in there. Yeah. Well, 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 that's on Cal now to go to the gym and get get better at that, isn't it? Really. So, and that's just part of it, isn't it? But it is a bit of a cruel world fighting sports, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. He's a legend. I absolutely <laughs> love Cal. Um, so he'll be back. I oh, know I can't wait to see it. I'm always going to be a massive fan of his. Um, and talking about it being a cool sport, um, I saw a few posts up for Justin Burlington as well. Uh, Justin Burlington was someone that I interviewed when he was supposed to fight in Probellum against Comrade. That oh, fight yeah. fell out <laughs> because, uh, because of Comrade. Then he got a replacement, which wasn't the best replacement, but at least he was still fighting. Yeah. Then the whole card got removed. And then I was so delighted when he got put back on his Bellator card. And I thought, this is amazing. And then was it him or, or Cornerman or yeah, something? It was one of his cornermen. One of his cornermen right. tested positive. So I think we're like, the because when you get there, they do a test and then you're just locked in your room till you get a, a clear yeah. result. Um, but I think they knocked them up at two in the morning and just just bundled them all out of the room and just sent them home straight away. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess it's good that they're they're doing the right thing, but it's just it's just another oh, thing on this like savage, like mentally grueling sport of things that yeah. can happen. Like you literally oh, do not know if you're fighting until you're in the cage. It's, it's horrendous. <laughs> yeah, you definitely can't. Um, you kind of bang on it really, especially the way it is now. I was a bit I was a bit nervous about that about getting the COVID test, and then once you do the first one, you get another one like the day of your fight as well. So the day before. And I, I was like panicking about that as well, really. Yeah, it would be awful well, that wouldn't. It? Yeah, and so many people who've tested positive have had no symptoms at all at that point. So you can't even think I'm fit and healthy. So like I'm fine. Well, the guy Justin's Justin's corner man who tested positive, he um he 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 came back home and got a test again as soon as he was home, and it came back negative. Fuck's sake. So yeah, there was another guy who was supposed to make his debut on the Paris card, Brian Hoy, and yeah. he um he tested positive and everybody that he'd been like sharing a room with and been all around like for in the two weeks leading up to his fight none of them tested positive oh, and then his next one was negative and it's like you just don't you you but you uh, just you have to know I, I, I just don't know what to believe about the whole thing you know i'm like just completely sitting on the fence i've got no idea what's true and what isn't yeah yeah so so what's next um i don't know i'm just i'm just trying to house done up and have a nice christmas with my kids um and then I'll, I'll be beginning next year, hopefully January, February. Um, I'm, I'm having another child now, so I've got a lot of work to get done to get my house sorted. So I'm trying to use that time. Congratulations! You, sorry, you don't think of the tiring like Khabib? Khabib had 29 fights, and you're fast approaching that. I think you're just too awesome. You know, thinking about hanging up the gloves one day. Uh, no, to be honest, I've been since I was 30. I've been saying, "Oh, I've only got a couple more left in this," <laughs> but I've, I've just kept going. <laughs> And uh, I really do feel like uh, I'm the best I, I, I've been now at the minute. I was um, it was a slow starter as well, and um, I've had a bit of a, some bad runs and that, but I, I'm on quite a good run now as well. I bought like my last six people, I've four, four, sorry, my dog's pistols. <laughs> They've all been really, really good to have as well. And, you know, like I've had, so I've had some couple of good wins. Like I had a couple of years off, three years off, because I, I got a bad concussion. Um, yeah. And it messed, messed my eyes up in my vestibular system, and it took us. Um, a while to get that fixed, um, wow. and then um, so I wasn't sure I was going to fight again. Then to be honest, but obviously I have, <laughs> I've done all right. Jesus, so that's that's just incredible. I didn't realise that was the reason you'd been out for so long. So I, I, I went there. Um, well, I, I haven't really publicly spoke about much of, but uh, I went to Australia to fight for ACB. Um, yeah, and, and the guy I was meant to fight. Uh, do you know Lewis Palomino, who Justin Gaethje fought? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they, they had that. Like, I was meant to fight him in Australia, um, but he never got his visa, so he didn't get in the country. So I kind of got like a last minute replacement, uh, a Brazilian guy who was living in Australia. Um, anyway, so I was fighting him, and my last spawn session there, I got hit with a punch, and my eyes went a bit funny in sparring and then um then i felt i was ill afterwards so then like for the rest i was just ill and then the commission saying is in the cancel me fight and then um so i went home feeling a bit better and then i, I tried to train again and uh, i was hitting pads and like my eyes couldn't keep up with the with the pads being moved and, and they were probably messed up 
Anyway, long story short, I had a, I had a massive problem with um, my eyes and my vestibular system. And it doesn't matter who you speak to, the doctors and that over here, the their information is so dated, and they're just yeah. they're pretty much telling you to go and sit in a room for two years and hope it goes away. But that's like, that, that's not the correct information. But um, I emailed a lot of doctors in America and did a lot of research, um, and I kind of fixed it with them. Um, to be honest, I fixed my eyes with a bit of string and three beads. <laughs> and you have to do exercises with that, and I fixed my eyes that way. But it just took, it took us a long time by the time I figured out how to do it. Oh, and, uh, but I'm all, all right now. <laughs> that's that's just insane, and that's. <laughs> Well done on the commission for not letting you fight because uh, God knows what would have happened if you. Well, I took out um because I took out uh because I still want to fight really, but I, I was I was I was ill to be honest. It was stupid. It's obviously stupid, but uh, I remember like I couldn't move and I was just like really ill. And I remember I took out life insurance just before, just in case I die when I was fighting. <laughs> oh my goodness! Like that's the side of of fighting that, that people don't really think about. People on the outside, exactly. you know, they. I I saw a comment on um, one of the posts that we put up over the the weekend about Khabib earning ten million in the fight last night, and somebody yeah. saying ten million for ten minutes work, and it's like oh. it's. It's not 10 minutes work. It's his entire life working. Entire life. That moment. He deserves, every, every single he deserves, time every he gets in the cage, putting his, his life and, you know, his health at risk. And most fighters only ever earn a fraction of that, like oh. the tiniest fraction of that. Apart from, I would say, my last couple of fights, I've pretty much you've, like, fought. I, I, I think I've had nearly 30 pro fights now. And I would yeah. say your first 20 of them, you're fighting from anything from £300 to like nine hundred pound, you know what I mean? Like a thousand pound. That's it. I've, I've obviously been paid better than my last couple, but um, but I would say like ninety five percent of the pros that you're getting well under a thousand pound. Yeah, but the fight. show actually, the show actually coming up. I can't remember the name, and they're they're wanting everybody to fight on it for free because they think they're doing the fighters a favor just to get a fight yeah. going during these times. That, but yeah, it's a uh, it's Shogun, isn't it? Yeah, is it sure? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I had a message, but like to be fair, I had one of my guys. He said he would do it just because he wants to fight, you know. But yeah. mm. it's still like they're not. Nobody's doing you a favor, you know. It's because they obviously yeah. they make making money still. These promoters are not doing you a favor. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I like the idea of fighting on that, and then you get somebody like Stevie Ray on and says, uh, for six months, I couldn't feel half my face, and I'm thinking, I don't yeah. want any part of that. <laughs> no, yeah. that's what I'm saying. You deserve all the respect and every penny that you can make. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Cool sport. Yeah. So oh, this ben, is my friend here. Oh, Ben Cotton. Hi, Andrew. Oh, huge fan. Quick question. Who do you want to fight next? I know you only want to fight the best guys and loved your last fight. This is so. So he's the. So after, when I fought near CB, um, I think I got interviewed afterwards. That's who I want to fight next. And I just I said something like, oh, I just want to fight the best guys. And uh, so I said that one thing. And everybody from my gym and all my friends have run with that. And they just keep bringing up every two seconds and I get the pissed up of those constantly. And I've just had a notification on my phone saying somebody's just, one of my lads is just commenting in the NL private group. So I'm assuming that what they've said is Fisher's doing an interview. Everybody get on that now. <laughs> was, it, was, it, was it ACB uh, Glasgow? Was it when you fought Norman Park? I fought Norman, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a great fight. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, I, oh thank you. 
Yeah, it was a very close fight. I, when I, like, I seen you for the first time very close up, and I thought, this guy's a warrior, man. Because everybody just thought right. Norman was going to walk through you, but he didn't. Uh, I just he was just a bit heavier than us as well, you know. Like yeah. um, that's why I did fucked up with Feather because um I'll like obviously Norman to me is he's the toughest man ever as well, you know, he just doesn't go away. Um yeah. but I felt um the kind of like the, the positions where he won, I think I felt he used the, the fact of being heavier than us to his advantage well. Do you know what I mean? And like because um, I thought it was a good fight, it was a close fight, you know. Um obviously he definitely won. Um but um, I've done a lot of things that I got better after that fight as well. You know, I lost it, but I got better and I've done things better as well. Yeah. I, I, I really wish that ACB had better promotion and like marketing behind them because they put on such amazing fights. And yeah. I never went to an ACB show that wasn't incredible. Yeah. And it but would it's, just it's, be like banger after banger after banger of a fight. Yeah. And it's well, just it's different in Russia. It's different yeah. in Russia in the East. They don't care about um, like social media and stuff like that. They're just like, the, the people who have good fights, they just get behind them and absolutely love them. And um, they, they really don't like all the social media stuff and that. When they were putting shows over here, they were trying to like get things done with the weekends and stuff with like, the English people. And uh, they didn't want any of it. They didn't. They just like to see the good fights. But obviously it doesn't work very well over here because people love the no. social media. Stuff, don't they? Yeah, well, I went to a show in Nottingham and I think, and it was in the arena and there couldn't have been more than 50 people in the whole place mm-hmm. and loads of them were there on free tickets they'd been out in this in the town like trying to give some tickets away and it was such a shame because the card was blinding and it was yeah but um that was that was just an aside so is there anyone that you'd like to call out I would like to call out oh yeah. <laughs> just the best guys would you ever? Would you ever? Is there anybody you lost to you would like a rematch? Um, no, I'm not really fussed. It's just that's what the done. Do you know what I mean? I don't lose sleep over it or anything. You know, like um, I just um, to be honest, and like I say, I've been seeing this since I was thirty. I don't know how many fights I've got left. Um, but I would like to do something where I'm going. Where I'm going forward. Do you know what I mean? I'm. Yeah. I don't really see the point in fighting like one of these young twenty-one year old, twenty-two year olds who's. Coming up, I feel it's just like, like I say, if maybe I have four or five fights left, and if I was to fight one of them, you know, it's like that's I've lost one. I'm wasting one of my fights for them, really, I suppose. So, yeah. I, 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 to be honest, I would love to fight um, Patricky Pitbull for the Bellator title before. Before um, I would love to get a chance to do that, you know. Um, but obviously, you never know. Bellator, I could maybe win another one or two fights, and they could give us them as well. Mm, yeah. That's the fight I'd be interested to see for sure. Callum Cook said, "Wow, good to see you got Tony Jeffries on your show, big fan." <laughs> Tony, Tony Jeffries is a he was an Olympic boxer. But he was he was in my class at school, and uh, everybody says I look like him. So that's where that's come from. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I don't have to explain every single piss to you. <laughs> you may have to. It won't be the first time. It won't be the first time. <laughs> I'll give you a break for a minute, Andrew, because I'm going to speak yeah. to Stuart for a minute. Stuart, okay. thank you so much for <laughs> like <laughs> having the energy after that epic interview earlier to come back on no. again tonight. <laughs> no, I said, you know, I was laughing with Mop about this. Mop was getting a hard time because 
Mop apparently when he starts talking about MMA or jiu-jitsu, he can't stop talking. So, which I was saying, do you know what, Mop? It's exactly like me. I don't mind. Do you know what I mean? I can talk about. I don't want to say this in front of Peter because Peter will have me doing it every day. But um, no, I could talk about jiu-jitsu, especially jiu-jitsu. I could talk about it every day, eight hours a day, seven days a week. So yeah, I just enjoy talking about people. So yeah, it's good. So for anyone that doesn't know, um, you're part of the MMA UK team, but you've developed your, your own show. I love the logo. Um, yeah. The BJJ show for MMA UK. And you've been inviting various guests from the jiu-jitsu world onto your show. Um, yeah. You've got my professor, Alan Pozzo, coming Alan, on yeah. very soon. Um, I'm really excited for that one. You've got some great guests lined up, haven't you? Tell, tell people about some of the people coming on. So, obviously, we had Mop today, Craig McIntosh. So, Craig McIntosh, uh, a brown belt under one of MMA UK's favourite guests, James Doolan. Um, so, uh, so yeah, Mop was brilliant character. Mop's a, a great kind of ambassador for Scottish Jiu-Jitsu. So, um, so, we had him on. On Wednesday, we've got Giles Garcia. Um, now, Giles is a character, an absolute character, brilliant person. Um, Giles is obviously known for his jiu-jitsu. I call him the Yoda of Scottish jiu-jitsu so, because he knows everything. Um, and he's also well known for his refereeing. So he's very, very high energy. He jumps about. He's absolutely crazy when he's refereeing. So I've got him on on Wednesday. Um, he's just got his black belt. Um I think about a week or two weeks ago, so so it'll be interesting to hear from him. Um, I've got uh, Alan. Alan's going to be on next Sunday. Um, so Alan's uh, one of the guys I wanted to get on. See, I did a podcast previously called Stoomcast, so Alan was one of the guys I wanted to speak to um, previously, but just never got the chance. So obviously when you mentioned it, I thought, you know what? I'll go and speak to Alan, and I, I spoke to him back and forward on Messenger, um, and Alan's fantastic, a fantastic mm. guy, again, a great ambassador for Jiu-Jitsu in the UK, um, obviously the, the ZR team as well, obviously ZR team's doing some fantastic things, so, so I'm going to get to hear more about that. I was worried about the accent, because obviously I'm very, very Scottish, so, but... Um, <laughs> I listened to, he did a podcast with uh, Daniel Strauss a couple of years ago. So, mm. so I listened to that and thought, do you know what? You, you'll be fine. You'll understand me. So, um, so yeah, looking forward to that. And then, yeah, I mean, we've got some other guests lined up. James Doolan. We're just waiting on getting James Doolan. Um, uh, yeah, James is coming on. James will come on. James mentioned a few other people. Um, yeah. Gary Christie. Remember, um, remember when you joined the team, you said, I fancied you. I'll do this once a month, maybe once, twice a month. You can be doing it every day with the amount of guests you've got lined up. I've actually yeah. got some more suggestions for you, Stuart, actually. Well, anybody at all. I mean, I, I don't mind, as I say, this. we did talk about doing it once a fortnight. So, obviously, me yeah. and Peter had a chat and said, look, how often do you want to do it? And I said, well, once a fortnight is fine. And then just as the guests came through, now, the thing, you, Katie, you'll probably know this as well, is sometimes when you get guests, they can't always work around your schedule. Yeah, so, of 
So, like, so you might say, well, I'll do this once a fortnight on a Monday, and then suddenly you speak to a guest, and you're like, well, Monday at 9 o'clock, and then they turn around and say, no, no, I can only do Wednesday, or I can only do Sunday or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, you've just got to, to get the guests as and when they're available. So, yeah. otherwise, you know yourself, you're not going to get many people on. So, um, so we've got quite a few. There's a lot of people lined up. Um, a lot of Scottish guys, a lot of English guys. Um, oh, English. I also used to train with Luke Lamoud. Um, uh-huh. I don't know if you know him, but he, he's a second-degree black belt, and he got that from Nick Brooks. Um, right. And it, they'd be great to get on together, I think. Uh, Nick Brooks got his from Hodger Gracie. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, they're... He's massive in Essex, so I always try and uh, get my little part of England like, some coverage the, as well. Yeah, I mean, I'll talk to anybody. I mean, as uh, the, what I always say is, I want to talk to people that have got a good story. So, mm. I mean, I'll talk to a white belt. If a white belt's come into jujitsu and they've got a great story, then. I mean, I'll talk to them right up to black belts um, and so on. So, so what's um, your story, Stuart? Me, how, did you get, how did you get into jujitsu now? I mean, I started jujitsu, I was quite late, so I'm 43 year old, so I got into jujitsu when I was 36. Uh, so, so me, my kind of main kind of goal in regards to when I started was just to get a bit fitter and um, nothing else that, that was my plan just to get fit. So, when I started. Um, I was 127 kilos, so I wanted to get that down. Now, I'm only small. I'm five feet four. So for me, jiu-jitsu came easily. or Not easy, but it came a little bit easier when it comes to things like takedowns and stuff like that. So I spent the first two years of jiu-jitsu just learning not to get taken down, which worked perfectly. So, so quickly the weight came down. Then I got into competitions and... I had a fantastic start to competitions um, and then over the last maybe couple of years, really just doing things like this, doing podcasts and chatting to people. So, I mean, certainly in Scotland, everybody knows me. So when you say Stoomboy, they're like, yeah, yeah, Stoomboy. So everybody knows me. Where I'm did always... the nickname come from? <laughs> so, Sto- <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't, well, no, I'll tell you. I mean, Stoomboy was... Where I was brought up in Dundee, so and the area I was brought up in was a bit of a rough area. So we we were just young guys, we were messing about, and then we broke into a garage, and I got picked up by the police. Um, and I remember getting taken to the police station. My mum was there, and the police were like, "Who was with you?" And I was like, "No, it was just me." And they were like, "Who was with you?" And they kept asking me, and they kept asking me, and I was like, "No, no, it was just me." So I got uh, charged for it. Um, and when I came back, I remember that my, my friends all coming to the house and saying, oh, what happened? What did you say? And I said, I said nothing. So they were like, oh, you kept Stoom. So <laughs> Stoom boy. So that just stuck with me from, a, from I was about 13 year old. So, so, so yeah. It, I, I it, 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 it could be worse. Your name could have been Grass Bitch. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it could have been that. It could have been that but yeah. Stoomboy, so it stuck with me the, my whole life. So, yeah, I mean, Stoomboy, everybody, when they mentioned Stoomboy, I'd say most people in Scotland, and everybody in Scotland knows who I am. So um, I'm quite big when it comes to, like, 
support for jiu-jitsu in Scotland. So um, I love the country I come from, just like everybody. We love the country where we come from. Um, and obviously through jiu-jitsu, I get to express that through doing things like this. So when it comes to competitions, being 100% behind everybody in Scotland that goes out competing. So... I want everybody to win a medal, regardless if it's Scotland, England, Wales, or Ireland. Uh, but yeah, when it's Scotland, as I said, I'm obviously a little bit more patriotic. Um, I want every Scottish person to win everything when they go out and compete. So, of course, of course. So, who are your BJJ heroes then? So, for me, when I when I started, um, I was actually uh, friends. Or Hensel Gracie started following me on Twitter. Oh my now, god! And he started following me because we, the, there was uh, who was fighting. Um, I think it was Chris Weidman. Chris Weidman was fighting Anderson Silva for the first time. Yeah. So what happened was, Hensel Gracie was kind of going back and forward, putting tweets up and stuff like that. Um, and someone came on and said, "Ah, there's no way that Hensel, Matt Serra shouldn't have beat GSP and blah, blah, blah. It was a complete shock. So I came on and said, well, who was it a shock to? Because Matt Serra said he was going to go out and knock out George St-Pierre. And he went out and he did just that. So who did? Who was it a shock to? It wasn't a shock to Matt Serra. So Hensel Gracie thought this was great and started following me. Um, and this was before I got into Jiu-Jitsu. Now, Hensel before had always I'd always been a massive fan of Henzo. I thought his character was brilliant, um, his fighting was brilliant, jujitsu was fantastic. So so I remember when I first started, he was like the, the main guy. I was like, well, when I started, I was sending him uh, messages and saying, Henzo, I've just started jujitsu and he would always send back messages saying, look, well done and wow. you enjoy it and things like that. And then my first competition I sent him the video. Um, and I uh, private messaged him the video and he watched the video and he says, oh, it was fantastic. And he was giving me feedbacks and he said, you were doing this really well and that really well. So so for me, it was Hensel Gracie. Um, and then as I kind of started developing through my journey, it then became Rodolfo Vieira. Um, okay. And I was fortunate I went to a seminar um, with Rodolfo last year in Scotland. He came to Scotland and I got to roll with him. Um, and he guillotined me in like a minute, but it was the best <laughs> guillotine I'd ever had in my life. So um, I didn't mind it. And I, I remember coming off saying, I just got guillotined by Rodolfo Vieira. Um, and yeah, so they're, they're my two, Hensel Gracie and Rodolfo Vieira. That's what I think's mad about our sports, MMA and jiu-jitsu, is that it's so accessible. And, yeah. like, even the people who are your biggest, biggest heroes, you can meet them and have a conversation with them. And they're kind of they're of the right level of famous, if you know what I mean. So I'm friends with Brad Pickett, and he always says it's a really good feeling that if when he walks into Cage Warriors, that, like, into a show there'll be a ton of people there who want a photo with him and it gives him a nice feeling but he yeah. can go to asda and nobody has a clue who he is so it's not like he's madonna or something and yeah. for us yeah. like reaching out to interview people like you speak to some of your biggest heroes and yeah. you're having your little fangirl or fanboy moment and like you it, it's amazing i just i just find it you know Kids would never get to speak to whoever the striker is for Man United or get yeah. someone who's like the Chelsea goalkeeper to say they'll go on a podcast with them. But we've got this amazing access 
We do. Um, I mean, I, I love it. I mean, as I said, I've, I've been fortunate. I've got to train with people like Draculino. Um, I got to train with Robert Drysdale. Um, I've been training with, as I said, Rodolfo Vieira, Damian Maya. Um, and these were all fantastic people. Fionn Davies, um, Hodger Gracie. I mean, Hodger Gracie, um, I'd fought one of Hodger's students at the British, and I got to, we'd got to the final, and it was Drew Sullivan. Drew Sullivan's about six feet ten, and I'm five feet four. So it was a crazy fight. We ended up two all. He won by an advantage. And oh. Hodger Gracie was there, and Hodger was in, obviously in Drew's corner. And then about a year later, we we kind of met each other at Euros. And I was standing in the, the bullpen waiting to go on. And my coach, Marcus Nardini, was there. And Hodger Gracie came over and said, hey, Stuart, how are you doing? And my coach was like, Stuart, do you know everybody? And I was like, well, um, but he was just shocked that <laughs> Hodger Gracie's coming over and saying hello to me and wishing me well and hoping I do well in the competition and things like that. But... <laughs> And again, it's just because for me, I mean, when I go anywhere, jiu-jitsu competitions or if I'm at seminars, I talk to people. I talk to everybody. Um, do you know what I mean? You become friends with people on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And um, yeah, I mean, I could go and train pretty much the majority of places in the world because I know someone wherever I'm going. So, um, which, yeah, I mean, it's as I said, and it's fantastic you get to train. I mean, you can't train with Ronaldo. We can't go and train yeah. with Messi. But, I mean, I could go and train with a Rodolfo Vieira or, or whoever um, yeah. just by turning up to their class or their gym and being able to do that. And so, they're so welcoming as well. Like, wherever yeah. I go on a business trip, I tell Alan what state in America I'm going to or whatever, and he knows someone there, and he says, yeah, go to this one, tell them I sent you. Yeah. Or when I was yeah. in Dublin and, like, training with Ash Daly was a highlight for me, just like, yeah. oh, my God. Even <laughs> 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 together, cuppers. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's great. I mean, I, I, I love that. I mean, I said, I've, I've been fortunate in my, my short time. As I said, I've only been doing it, what, seven years, but I've been fortunate in such a short time to, to train with some of the top guys. Um, yeah. Maybe not all of the top guys. I would love to train with every single person. But for me, the, the, the who's who list is the people that I wanted to train with. So, um, and yeah, I mean, seven years and I've been training with the best people. So, yeah, um, so let's hope I get to train with more top people in the next seven years and so on and so on. So, but yeah, that's the best thing about it. So it's wow. very, very open for everybody. So, yeah, I love that side of it too. And I'm really looking forward to all the guests you've got coming up and just this new side of MMA UK that, that we've got. Um, I know Peter's been really keen to get like a jiu-jitsu expert on the team for a long time. Well, that can... Not expert. I wouldn't go that far, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> so, well... I know a little bit. I know a little bit. But yeah. <laughs> I have to say, sure, I was looking at his podcast before he actually tried to join the team, so it was something we were looking at bringing him on board anyway, but he happened to, join, to put the application in anyway, so it was pretty easy to get set up. And as you can tell, he's only been here a couple of weeks and he's already got his own show and he's had three episodes already. So yeah. it's been absolutely brilliant. Perfect. So. You know, I, I did watch, I mean, I've been following obviously MMA for a while. Um, and I always watch your show, Katie. Okay. So because obviously for, <laughs> for me, and that's what, but no, no, when I seen you and I was like, Do you know what? I want to be like that. Because obviously, the, some of the people, 
some of the people that you have on and some of the people that you interview and just the rapport and stuff like that that you build up with people is fantastic. So, um, so yeah, I mean, if I could get minds as successful as yours, then yes, um, I'll be a happy oh, man. So. Stuart, you can stay. <laughs> Andy, what's your jiu-jitsu level like? Do you do competitions and stuff as well? Uh, I have done. I've, um, I've done. I don't really do BJJ, but I do do no gay. I've done a few competitions over the years. Um, I've won a couple, and I've not done so good at some. But um, I grew up with some good grapplers. Do you know Ellis Younger? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Younger, yeah. Um, um, we we go to his gym sometimes. Um, Ellis is for absolutely phenomenal. He's the best person I've ever trained with. I think grappling. Um, so we go there. And I've got a couple of good guys at my gym who just grapple and, and they're good, really. But I, I just, to be honest, I spend a lot more time just doing whatever me. Yeah. Should we talk a little bit about the fights from last night, seeing as it was such a, a huge, huge night of fights? Um, it's the first time I've paid for <laughs> a year of well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we all then. And then I was really annoyed because the stream worked all the way through anyway. <laughs> but um, as, as Danny said, actually, like we've paid for all the local show pay-per-views this year. <laughs> it was just the UFC one that we were begrudging because we know it doesn't really go on to the fighters. But there we go. Uh, it obviously was worth the money. Um, may as well start with. The biggest fight of the year, Khabib Gaethje. Um, do, do you think it lived up to the hype, Andrew? Um, I, I, I thought, because I was saying to people, I'm always wrong with predictions anyway, but I thought that um, <laughs> like Gaethje had been a bit, you know when they sell the fights and they make you think it's a 50-50 fight? But yeah. I, I didn't think it was 50-50. I thought Khabib was going to um, run through. I didn't think he was going to do that to him. I didn't think it was going to be so easy. But um, yeah. I, I did think he would just kept trying to take him down, get you to defend a few. He would have kept trying and eventually would have ground him down. But um, I didn't think it would be so easy for him, if I'm honest. But um, no, I did think most, a lot of people fell for, fell for the hype. Um, but I think, do you know, when it was on the floor as well, um, it didn't look like Gaethje does any grappling at all. And that it looked didn't. Like, if I'm rolling with some of the, the, like the young lads who are not very good and you know if you're messing about, like, that's what it looked like, the difference there, you know, like, it didn't yeah. look like you, you should be able to do that with another professional fighter, does it? Either yeah. Khabib's that good or Gaethje doesn't do anything on the floor. That's that's the only thing that I can think of because there's so many people that don't look like themselves when they fight Khabib. Yeah. And I don't oh, know yeah. if it's him or, the, you know, maybe I'm taking something away from him by saying that because we definitely didn't see this wrestling of Gaethje's that we've been told is there and okay he's not an offensive wrestler he's a defensive wrestler so he's gonna we didn't see any of that no. he took him down with ease he might have just crumbled under the pressure do you know when he's just pressuring forwards he maybe just crumbled under the pressure um I definitely think Gaethje's better than that but maybe he's, yeah. baby, he's just that strong as well and like yeah. I think you don't like maybe he was a bit panicky, you know, and he um, just kept running forward. And also, Gaethje never ever goes backwards, really. I know with Ferguson, he, he definitely was a bit smarter, but you never see um, Gaethje backpedaling. So I, I don't think that was yeah, a very good game plan for him. He was actually running away from him a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. cutting any angles or anything. He, he was just, just... just circling constantly. Yeah. Um, I, I think 
obviously like he he's got good by going forward in in the tackling and then I think how many years he's done that for then for one fight I don't know he's trained for to circle off it's like it, it was a stupid tactic I think yeah yeah and Stuart a lot was made before the fight about his his dad obviously passing away who he's had beside him for his whole not just his career but like his entire life yeah. and people were saying is it going to make him more focused or is it going to be a distraction and I think we got the answer didn't we we did I mean I was I was one of the people I mean I think me and you had a conversation about this about his emotional state do you mm. know what I mean because I, I just thought in the build-up going all the way through the belt he didn't seem himself at all yeah um which is understandable um it's definitely understandable so I was that I just wondered where he was emotionally going to be um and then obviously at the end of the fight we we seen it. I mean, Peter messaged me and said, "Well, that's it coming out now." Um, but yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, a lot of people train to not get taken down by him, but yeah. I don't know how much they train to get back up, because obviously it's it's one thing to he train. He spent a lot of time training that supposedly it was like part yeah. of one of the embedded episodes. It was. I remember seeing that the wrestling. They brought the wrestler in, and he was he was training to get up and up and up. But a lot of people train not to get taken down by him. Yeah. I mean, the level that Khabib's Sambo's at is unbelievable. I mean, he's, a, he's an international master in Sambo. Now, to be a, a black belt in, a, in a, a martial arts, one thing, but to be an international master, um, I mean, that's that's got to be something else. World Sambo champion twice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, his Sambo's on a completely different level. So, and... He, he comes in and he says, he tells him, this is what I'm going to do. This is exact. Everybody knows what he's going to do. But yeah. not in 29 fights, nobody stopped it. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. He, what definitely. did you think of the finish? The finish was good. Good jujitsu. <laughs> so, for a white belt. Because, um, obviously, remember, <laughs> he's, a, he's a white belt in jujitsu. Um, so, they might but, promote him now. But hopefully get a strike. He de hopefully definitely gets a strike on that white belt. So, but, I mean, the finish was great. I mean, see, see in, in that situation, I mean, and especially the transition from when he took the single leg, he came around and took the back and came over. And then it, it looked like, I don't know if he was going to go for grounded pound or he was going to go for an arm. And then the next minute he went for a triangle. And then Daniel Cormier was saying um, he's seen him doing it in the training but he's never ever seen him attempt that in a juju in a an MMA fight. So yeah. to pull that off with someone that he's never done before, um, yeah. I mean, it takes I, balls. I wonder if he knew he was going to be so much better than him on the floor. Yeah. I wonder if he already yeah. knew that. It was like the skill level was like the the difference was ridiculous as soon as he hit the floor. Yeah. Wasn't it? Same. Yeah. Do you know when he double legged him in the in the first round and yeah. he, he yeah. kind of laced his legs? Like obviously for. Keith being such a good wrestler, you know, that was a, a good wrestling scramble position. And he, but he, it looked like there was no, like, attempt to keep getting back up, you know. And obviously, like, like I know, obviously, Keith, you must know how to work from them positions. You know, when, like, he's got a double leg wrap, but they're sitting on the floor. That's, that's mm -hmm. the position where he still wrestled through, and he just he just didn't. So that's why I'm wondering if he just, like, just he looked gassed as well. He looked gassed halfway yeah. through yeah. the first round. So I don't know if it was an adrenaline dump. Um, when yeah. they, when he was working out backstage, like he was profusely sweating, and I was thinking, you got five rounds, like I know you need to warm up, but like, <laughs> how much working out have you been doing back there? But 
he just looked gassed and i don't know he just didn't look like just that. Yeah, you know, when Khabib got him down to the very end of the first round, he didn't have much to work, but I think that's when you realise, well, Gaethje doesn't know what he's doing. So when it came yeah. to the second yeah, round, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going for an armbar, I'm, I'm going for whatever. Even if, Gaethje doesn't, even if Gaethje doesn't grapple very much, like that position when he was on that double leg on the floor, so do you know, he still had his legs up, that, that's, that's not grappling, but that's a wrestling position. And like yeah. Gaethje should know what to do or have some effort from there. But um, yeah. like it just he didn't. That's why I was like thinking maybe it's just you know the pressure. Maybe it just brought him a bit because he yeah. he must know what to do from there or have some ideas. Yeah, but, yeah. To JG's credit, he did land some good leg kicks in the first round. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I thought that that might slow Khabib down if he keeps landing yeah. them. I can Every time he's landed a big shot as well. I was like yeah. a bit like, oh, he's gonna chin him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just don't know, don't you? You just don't know how Khabib's yeah. gonna take it. He took everything he gave him. Yeah, he, he did. Um, he was like the Terminator, but like Gaethje will be back, and I've I think that Gaethje could be holding the belt in a year's yeah. time, perhaps. Yeah. Like credit Justin, though, after the fight, he went up and gave Khabib a cuddle when he was. Yeah. I, I, like I love the respect between them the whole yeah. way yeah. through. Yeah. Khabib even said that, didn't he? He goes, look, stay close to your mum and dad because you don't know yeah. what it's going to hold. I thought it was absolutely yeah. brilliant. I thought yeah. it was a really nice sign of respect. And um, I, I think most of us expected him to try for 30-0 before he left his gloves in the octagon. Was I, I don't think we were entirely, like, stunned either. Andrew, were you surprised? Remember, uh, yeah, I, was actually, I didn't think we would um, be finished. Like, I thought it was... Um, I thought he definitely would have had another one. Yeah. But obviously not. And like, it sounds like he doesn't, he doesn't seem the type to retire every six months, does he? He's like, no. I think he's probably good now. Man of his word. That's that's yeah. exactly what I thought. Like, I'm really dubious about any MMA retirements, but did this this is one that I really, really do believe in. Did you see Dana afterwards? Because Dana said you're a surprise for him. And then when they asked him, are you going to still give him a surprise because he's retired? He goes, no. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I was like, I've got GSP for you. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Well, GSP was really like respectful on the comment and like when he was interviewed afterwards as well. I thought the whole thing shone MMA in a really good light. <laughs> Hi, Andrew. <laughs> you look so bald. <laughs> it's More coming in. <laughs> You don't, by the way. You don't. <laughs> but, of course, the question that everybody's been battling with on uh, on Facebook and Twitter ever since is, is he the GOAT after that? And I just wanted to get your opinion. Is he the GOAT, Andrew? Um, yeah, I think he's... Um, uh, I think he's, the lightweight division is a lot... It's a lot better division than like the light heavyweight division. You know, yeah. team, but John Jones, obviously, I think GSP is absolutely phenomenal. He's probably one of like my favorite of all time as well. But um, I, I do think the lightweight division has always been the best division. I think John Jones is like I don't know about Bob big names, but the I don't think the skill level is like yeah. yeah, yeah. He's also got that PD question mark over him. So for yeah, me, yeah. he's never in the conversation to be the goat. Mm. Uh, I, I love GSP. I find it so hard to look past him. I, I feel yeah. like I'm finding it really, really hard to pick between Khabib and, and GSP. Katie, if, if they fought right now, who would win then? 
That's the oh, way you yeah, but that's the, no, I don't think that's the way to look at it because GSP is 40. You can still came back and missing that, that long ago. Yeah, but I, I, so I really appreciate people who take risks and going up to 185 pounds when that's definitely not your natural weight class and when you haven't fought for four years. Uh, like For me, that's what makes someone great. I love people who dare to be great. And Khabib is magnificent at what he's done, but he, in my mind, he's not as much of a risk taker. But Stuart, who who's the goat for you? Um, I, I've kind of tried and thought about this, uh, obviously, ever since yesterday. And for me, it's definitely it's got to be Khabib. Um, I mean, the reason for it. I mean, Jones. I know Jones was on, and I don't, I don't know. He's been going back and forward saying that he doesn't mind Dana giving it to him and saying you can be the goat, but. He's only holding my spot in your lap. Well, that's pure arrogance. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. for me, I mean, the reason I kind of thought Khabib, I mean, obviously there's a few reasons. I mean, when everybody gets into martial arts, whether it be jujitsu or kickboxing or whatever you get into, the one thing you're taught about is loyalty, honour and respect. Okay, so none, well, I mean, when you look at John Jones, could you say that he's got all three of them? No. So, I don't think he has. Um, Khabib, I mean, Khabib's one guy, I mean, he's he's very loyal. I mean, you, you obviously see that with his team, uh, obviously his dad and things like that. So, that's been taught to him from his dad. Um, respect, he's got the respect. Obviously, he had a bit of a, a thing with Conor McGregor, but, but Conor McGregor's brilliant at bringing out the worst in you or making you do things that you wouldn't normally do. And then, obviously, the... the the, the honour as well, Khabib having that honour. I mean, it, it would take a lot for anybody to just retire when they're on the top of their game and just walk away. Um, but again, that's that honour he's got with obviously his family and stuff like that. So, and then 29 and 0, I mean, who's the only, what is it, Israel Adesanya is what, 20 and 0? So, mm. um, so he's probably the one person that maybe. He's a world champion in other sports as well. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, Khabib's Khabib's done it. I mean, it's so for me, it's definitely Khabib. GSP, yeah, I mean, GSP was a different era. GSP yeah. at that time was the goat. So it's a difficult one to say who's the best of all time, um, because GSP, without a doubt, is the best. Do you know what I mean? Uh, from his day, but modern day martial arts, uh, yes, a different generation. So it's, for me, it's definitely Khabib. So. Peter, you're team Khabib, aren't you? Yeah, in the end of the day, it's just a personal opinion. There's nothing, it doesn't matter who says what. I know Dana and Sean Shelby came out and tweeted, oh, it's Khabib and all that. To me personally, it's Khabib, but when you're talking about that, you've got Khabib, you've got JSP, you've got John Jones, you've got Israel possibly in the very near future comes into that conversation. The difference with them three right now is John Jones is still fighting, so he can mm. still achieve a lot more yet. He could get the heavyweight championship. He could go back down and fight Israel at some point in the next couple of years and beat him. So it's still there for John Jones to take. Obviously, what happened in the motion, the story and all that with his father and all that. Let's let have Khabib have his moment and all that. But that mm. could change in the future because John Jones could take that title in the next couple of years. I just thought it spoke volumes about both him and Connor being dickheads, making it about themselves, yeah. like having their two pence worth, like just shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> I mean, John let Jones. Let the man I mean, have his moment. 
Yeah, I mean, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I mean, John Jones. I mean, I was looking at well, after the fights. I was looking at kind of the records and stuff like that, just to kind of think. Well, do you I mean how would how would they look at it? So John Jones. I mean, when he fought, was it Glover to uh, Teixeira? He's only fought. He'd only fought a fight every single year for five years. One fight a year. Um, and that was when he started going downhill with obviously his legal problems and uh, obviously getting caught with drugs and stuff like that. So, um, so for me, would you put him in there? I mean, how many times did he cheat to win a fight? Uh, obviously, yeah. he had a no contest with Daniel Cormier and stuff like that. So, how many times did that happen before he actually got caught? It was dick pills, yeah, but I mean. If that was anybody else, I mean, you look at Nick Diaz. Um, Nick Diaz got caught yeah. smoking dope and then got banned. What about John Jones? Well, how, yeah, so how, why did John Jones not get banned? So, no, it's insane. Um, anybody else would have been sentence in that. It's disgusting. Yeah, so why why is why is it different for John Jones and it's not different for, for okay. these people? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean he probably well as Peter said, he, he may eventually come back and be the the best the, the goat. But I mean he's going to need to change his whole lifestyle for that to happen. For my opinion, anyway. So I agree. Um, I think he you want somebody hate though, don't you? You want somebody. You want somebody yeah. like John. Doing, yeah, you, want want to fight, you want to see, you want to see him get beat, don't you? But we're not going to see that for a long time. No, no, absolutely. He still got beat by Matt Hamill, mate. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. that's still yeah. a that's still a defeat, mate. Do you know what I mean? Matt Hamill threw his head into John Jones's elbow, um, <laughs> and John Jones got disqualified for it. So, um, so bring back Matt Hamill. We need that Matt Hamill rematch. But you gotta give John Jones credit. He, he's he's going in the deep end now. He's going in the heavyweight. Then well, let's happen. see. Let's see. I'd rather he just kept his mouth shut until he actually yeah. had a fight. All the years yeah. he's wasted and all the natural talent that he's got, it, I find it disgusting. The people who just throw away. There's people desperate to get back in there and fight, and there's people like him and Connor that just just want to abuse the the talent that they've got. You're not a Conor McGregor fan, are you? I mean, I've really enjoyed his fights. Like the Eddie Alvarez fight, that's one of the most excited I think I've ever got for like a, a fight that didn't involve a friend of mine. Like I, I was off my seat screaming. I just loved every second of it. The Nate Diaz fights, I was on his side. I just think. It's I I just think fight fight I don't want to see you boxing I don't want to see who do you, you think is going to out of the, the so the remaining lightweights with Chandler McGregor yeah good question Poirier and who am I missing who am I missing Gaethje Gaethje you, you think Conor and Dustin will fight at that weight now because they've no said what weight they're fighting at but you think it'd be at that one now wouldn't you to yeah. try and get that. Well, the probably fight is 77 still, but it's still essentially going to be... It's a lightweight fight, really, isn't it? It's just not going to cut any weight. Can't wait, yeah. So, yeah. I think it's quite interesting. Now, I think, out of them five, I probably think McGregor matches up well against all of them. Probably I think, he matches, up, yeah. I think yeah. he matches up well against Gaethje. I think he matches up well against Chandler. Um, Poirier as well. And Tony, maybe. Tony would be the Tony's the, the dark horse, isn't he? Because he's so tough. Yeah. 
if, yeah. if he's still the same fighter as well, we've seen how Justin broke him. So. Yeah. yeah. And also Tony's gas tank. Yeah. Sorry. Tony's gas tank as well yeah. against Connor's gas tank. You got a you got a fancy if it goes into the later rounds, he's going to be more comfortable. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like with Gaethje, I definitely think after seeing how he performed last night, if that's what a big fight does to him, I well, wouldn't want to be in a fight partner. A lot of people say, well, Connor got slagged for his performance against Khabib, but then if you compare it to Justin, then you've done a lot better. Kind yeah. Of so. yeah. Um, I, thought, I thought Connor done really good, mate, actually. I thought, yeah. he done, I, I thought he'd done a, a really good wrestling defence as well. And like, uh, I thought he did good. I even went to Vegas for that fight, Andrew. So I, I, yeah, that's totally why I have been yeah. a fan along the that way. Is that not the one round that could be lost? Was it not the third round against Connor? Well, yeah. I asked him about it because I heard he lost one round, and then mm -hmm. I couldn't, I, I couldn't remember. And I said, "Oh, was it the McGregor one? Was it the one he yeah. took? Because he took a round off, didn't he?" After yeah, he the round. Round. And then, and, and but I, I wasn't sure. I thought, "Oh, maybe it's that one," but I'm not too sure. Yeah, so he, yeah, Connor won a round that Khabib said he took off. Um, <laughs> but then two of the judges gave round one to Justin last night. Which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't give that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a judge, but like the obviously he did score quite quite a few low kicks, didn't he? So I I didn't give it. I didn't give it to Justin. I give it to Kevin. Mm. But like, uh, but maybe just, maybe it was uh, them low kicks. There was the only significant shots. Maybe down there. I'm not sure. Uh, low kicks. There was one significant strike to the head. I think. I thought, fucking yeah. that. But yeah. Um, there was sorry, there was a comment from Chris Gadden saying um, Silver's not getting mentioned. Why? And for me, again, it's the the PD conversation. Yeah. Um, he obviously is in his well, <laughs> I think he's just. Yeah. I think he, obviously you kind of tarnish your career when you keep going on. Uh, yeah. I think that, that always, uh, Triple C as well, though he he's retired. Triple as well, C, amazing, absolutely yeah, uh, yeah, they don't get the, the little men don't get the credit they deserve. Yeah, definitely not. Absolutely amazing, though. Yeah, yeah, he's he's very cool. And, and one, one person not be mentioned is a, a woman, Amanda Nunez, as well. So yeah, she's an absolute well. legend. Again, yeah. I think it goes back to like when because uh, a lot of people argue between her and Valentina for like who's the female goat and like the the one thing I'll say about Nunes is she's wiped out everybody in not that 145 is a division but she's beaten every single champion there's ever been in bantamweight yeah. and featherweight which she dominated them she dominated Ronda who dominated the sport before her and Cyborg as well absolutely crazy I would have loved a rematch for Cyborg and I'd like to see a rematch with Shevchenko as well, because that's yeah. a bit unfinished as well. Another so. rematch. <laughs> yeah. I know I'll probably get grief for this, but I just think the, the women's division, there's not the same depth as the men's yet. Yeah. Obviously, they yeah. haven't been around as long. And I just think the you'll, you'll get like, you get a couple of, like one or two really, really good ones in the division. Yeah. And, the, and the rest are just not, just because there's not as many people do it. You know well, what I mean? You see that better, in the 125 pound division. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Like the, there's Valentina and then there's everybody fighting and getting split decisions off each other to be yeah. the number one contender. And then they just get absolutely wiped out when they face yep. the champ. Yeah. Jojo Calderwood is one mention. You lose a fight, but one win can get you back at the title contention because there's nobody else to challenge the champion. And people want to see new fights and don't want to keep seeing rematches. Yeah. 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 
Hi, Andrew. Have you been working on your biceps? <laughs> Lee Freeman wants to know. <laughs> He's sorting out his hair, Lee. Leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so somebody else who had an amazing performance last night was Whitaker. Um, I thought he was going to get it done and I thought it would go to a decision. But my God, that was an amazing fight. I thought he was he was brilliant. But Cannoneer, how the hell he got up in that third round was just insane. <laughs> Did you enjoy that fight, Andrew? I thought it was amazing. That, that, that was the best one of the night. Um, yeah. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really competitive as well. And I thought even that that kind of name, he could have easily took his like when he knew he was losing, he could have like you see people just hold on then, don't you? But uh, yeah. he was still going for it. Like I thought it was absolutely it. amazing. And uh, the last like minute or so, it was Whittaker trying to just like slow it down, wasn't he? And trying to trying to just grind him out a bit. I thought it was absolutely amazing. I thought that kind of was phenomenal. Yeah, I've i really enjoyed it, Stuart. What did you think? Yeah, it was the same man. I thought that was definitely for me one of the fights of the night. I mean, that was that was awesome watching it. Um, you, Andrew's right. I mean, at the end of the fight, Whitaker last minute, he was just like kind of slow everything down by uh, kind of holding on and stuff like that. Because I mean, they, both of them put everything into that fight. Um, I was surprised. I thought Cannonier was going to come out um, and absolutely smoke him very quickly, but. Yeah, he didn't at all. He didn't at all. I, I, I'd watched all the kind of build-ups. I was kind of laughing about the, 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 the strobe-like glasses and stuff like that. I mean, he was in training. He was using glasses that, that flicker strobe lights in his eyes to, to make his brain work quicker, um, just for reactions and stuff like that. And then he goes in and lays out crystals and stuff like that. But can oh. put... I don't, I don't know. For me, it, it wouldn't work. I don't know about you, Andrew. I mean, obviously, coming from an MMA, is that something that you would bring into your training? Um, no, I, my girlfriend <laughs> gives us um, gives us some crystals. <laughs> I don't know what they are. What's the, what's, you know, what's the crystals? Oh, different crystals. Different crystals for protection. Is that what that's about? But she gives us crystals and stuff I have to carry with us. Yeah, well, he was the same. I mean, when he went in to training at first, he would lay out. He had the 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 team kind of logo, the 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 kind of team patch, and he would lay out crystals in different ways to give different types of energy and stuff like that when he was going into training. And then these glasses that he put on, he put these glasses on that, as they flicker these strobe lights in the eyes. So when he's doing like a five minute round. All he sees is in his eyes, these strobe lights getting flashed in his eyes, which for me, I mean, I was talking to James Doolan and James Doolan said, yeah, I mean, he's heard a few people doing that, but yeah, yeah, I said just purely for brain reflexes, but as it didn't help him last night, I mean, Whitaker came, Whitaker came out, Whitaker's on a mission to get his belt back, so yeah, um, yeah I mean, if he, if he goes in and uh, does the kind of same thing, same kind of pressure and stuff like that to Adesanya, then yeah, it could be a different fight altogether. So he's so relaxed and just seems like he's enjoying it so much more at the moment. And yeah. he just looks so stressed and stiff in the build up and in that Adesanya fight. And yeah. even when it was no. Yeah, he didn't like doing enough like did he? He used to train seven days a week and didn't take a day off and then he yeah. said that you know, he burned out and all that. I was his first three round fight for three years. He's always yep. been in title fights and all that. 
I expected Whitaker to do that, and uh, I thought Jared had a puncher's challenge, but the way that third round unfolded, I was very oh, impressed. amazing. The way he came back, and you smelt blood, and you thought he'd go for it. But we've seen people like GSP get caught like that and still get that win through, and that's what Whitaker is at that level. Yeah. I, I, he's a threat to get that belt, Matt. If Bristol doesn't take him serious in the rematch. Oh, 100%. And I, I do think, normally, I think rematches don't usually go much different from the first one. But if yeah. he can take the way that he's feeling and that kind of happiness and, like, the the kind of joy he's got back from training forward. And he also said he's taking time off for his baby that's being born, like, at the beginning of yeah. the year. And he hasn't done that with his other kids. And I thought that kind of thing is the stuff that does start to grind you down after a while, like all the things you missed, all the sacrifice. Obviously, a lot of fighting is about sacrifices, but if he's obviously fought in his head, if I'm going to be successful, I need to learn to enjoy this and I need yes. to give myself a break sometimes. So I wish him all the best. I'd love to see the rematch with Adesanya. Dana, Dana says it makes sense, but I know Ezra was talking about jumping up and going for the other belt and get John Jones's old belt, which might lead to them leading into a future fight. So we'll see how that pans out. But I hope he gets the rematch. mental because he weighs in at 185 with like yeah. his jeans on and his headphones on and stuff like that. But again, that goes back to my whole thing about people daring to be great and taking yeah. risks. And if it fails... Do you know what? You're still a legend for putting yourself out there like that, in my eyes. Yeah, to get to that level, you have to lose anyway, don't you? You have to put yourself out there rather than the keyboard warriors and all that slagging. People get knocked out and all that shit. You know what I mean? You put yourself out there and dare to win. You know what I mean? Respect to anybody who goes into that fucking cage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Definitely. no, I agree with you. agree with you. Got another uh, comment here for oh, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> Another wind up there. Oh, sorry. Hi, Andrew. Huge fan. Please do the foreign fans a favour and speak slowly. Struggling to understand your weird English. <laughs> so, another one that I wanted to touch on, um, as I said, um, close with the GB top team guys. I was very pleased that even though Nathaniel didn't walk away with the win last night, he did walk away with fight of the night bonus. Oh, did so he fight night? Oh, good. He did, yeah. I watched um, that one. That's the only prelim one I watched. That what did it. you think? Another um, it was a, it was a very close fight, wasn't it? I did yeah. I did score uh, uh what, what was the guy called what was his name? Kenny. Kenny. Kiss Kenny I, I scored him Kiss Kenny the first round and the third round, and I gave Wood the second round. But I thought it was an amazing fight. It was so close. Yeah. There was so many punches to it, wasn't there? So, like, my, my main gripe with it was the 30 27 scorecard. I couldn't understand how somebody gave all three rounds to Casey Kenny. No, I thought, um, I thought it was two to one to Kenny. I did. It was two one either way. I wouldn't have Wood gave it. I could see two one either way. Yeah. That's the kind of fight you want an extra two rounds, you know, just. You know what I mean? Somebody won oh, that fight. Amazing, wasn't it? Absolutely Even after that fight, I still don't know who would have won it clearly, but if they had a couple more yeah. rounds. That's, that's why I'm glad if he walks away on a fight that close with no win bonus, I'm glad that he got a fight of the night bonus. But did you Is enjoy it, Stuart? You know, that was the one fight I didn't see. Uh, the reason oh, I didn't see it. Oh, no, the reason I didn't see it is the uh, submission series um, was on at that time, which is a submission <laughs> uh, only tournament. Ellis Younger was in it. Uh, one Scottish guy, Kevin McAloon, was in it. Uh, yeah. 
Dominic Dillon, a few other guys as well. So Jed Hugh and Stone. So um, so Kevin McAloon was fighting at that time. So I'd kind of went and watched that. Uh, just to obviously see, because he was fighting uh, Dominic Dillon, um, obviously top black belt, top world champion grappler. So, so yeah, I kind of watched that, but I caught up with uh, obviously all the kind of posts and stuff like that, because obviously Twitter and Facebook went crazy after that fight about the judge uh, that gave yeah. Yeah, 27. It was probably Katie that started it, yeah. But I mean, I kind of caught up on that, and obviously people were talking about, oh, do you know what I mean? The judges and stuff. I mean, the, the, the I suppose it happens in uh, MMA. I mean, every every competition or every UFC or uh, whether it be a Bellator, Cage Warriors or whatever, they're always talking about judges. Um, yeah. So, and I think we spoke about this. I think you were talking. I can't remember who you were talking to, Katie, but it came up, and I remember saying, "Should it not be like all of the judges be like an ex-fighter, um, mm-hmm. so that because we, obviously we ex." No. You, you wouldn't want to do it, would you? I, I, you, might, you, might know yeah, you might know Sorry? some of the fighters. Yeah, um, you, you wouldn't yeah, fancy yeah, judging. I, I, don't, I don't know how much you get paid for, but like you probably couldn't be bothered to go and sit and judge. The, the like, it's, it's a very task, isn't it, as well? Yeah, the problem isn't the criteria. If you look, read, actually read the criteria, it's quite good. We just need people to follow the criteria. That's all yeah. it is. You I know what really pisses me off as well is DC every week. Getting the criteria wrong, and I think you're educating yeah, all these people that, yeah. or miseducating all these people who are then ranting on Twitter about the wrong thing, and it yeah. drives me nuts. And Bisping even does it as well. Oh, he's got a takedown in the last 10 seconds, that's probably secured him the round. He didn't do anything with it. Yeah, keep them down and control it before it is counts as a point. Yeah. See, I remember hearing oh, yeah. Frank Trigg. Frank Trigg was talking, um, and he was talking about he he's now a referee, judge, and so on. And he said, normally it takes for a judge for you to become a fully certified judge at a, an MMA event, you need to have, go through a two year process. So it takes two years apparently wow. to get this done. Frank Trigg did it in a year, but he did it every single day for a year, just so he can get it done quicker. But I, I don't know how true that is, whether two years or not. It doesn't sound true. <laughs> don't think that's good. Maybe, don't, that's, maybe that's in the States. I mean, yeah. they're obviously not getting no, any better I've, results. I've seen, I've seen some of the judges, man. There's no yeah. way. <laughs> Look at the boxing one. The guy was on his phone when yeah. he was oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, What the fuck? There's people's careers at stake, though. And like last night, I'm not. So I'm not just saying it because he's my friend. I like I would say 29, 28 to Nathaniel. I know, I know I'm biased, but I could understand 29, 28 the other way. I can yeah. see that. I can't see 30, 27. I just can't yeah. see it. And I'm just really bored of the commentators getting it wrong and just like I mean these and the commentators are ex fighters. Like mm-hmm. and then. Dominic Cruz is still fighting and he gets it wrong. And I'm thinking, are you really going in there and fighting to a criteria that you don't... No, I think you're all right. But I do also think it is tough, when you, especially when you're sitting watching the fight live and you hear the commentators. Um, I do feel you you see a different fight than when you watch it without the commentators. I do think that sways me as well sometimes. I don't think I'm very good at scoring the fight. Sometimes I'll watch it. And then I'll maybe watch it, but afterwards, and I've completely changed my opinion of how I scored and stuff. I don't know how what 
how much when I watch it, the commentator just puts it in my head. Like, because yeah. they were yeah. talking about when I watched that Kenny and Wood fight, they were talking about they thought Kenny won the first round, and maybe I've just automatically thought that as well, you know. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. not sure, it does, it does put in your head, doesn't it? Yeah, I need yeah. to watch it a certain way to judge it. I, I like to watch it to enjoy fights, and then if it's close yes, or something, and I, I need to watch it back, and then I need to put my judging head on. I need to watch it a different way. And it just, I'd rather watch it for enjoyment. That's what I do. And then if it is controversial, and we're going to talk about it, then I'll I'll watch it back, and then I'll judge it properly. But that that's something I'm interested in now. I might something I might look into doing, start judging at local shows, get trained up, and. I mean, see how hard it really is. <laughs> then I can yeah. get I definitely <laughs> want to go on Mark Goddard's course, like when COVID's yeah. over and he starts running them again, just because I want to be as educated as I can be on in MMA in general. But same with same with referees. Look at the KB fight. He was tapping yeah. didn't he? And he yeah, didn't yeah. yeah I, I think he's a he's a great ref usually. Yeah, um, it's, 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 it's very hard to be a referee. I think it's the hardest job in the business because you've got a fighter's careers on the line, you know what I mean? Or they could die if you don't get yeah. that call. Right and stuff, so. You can only be the bad guy as well, can't you? Exactly. Yeah. Either nobody notices you're there or you're the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. But, yeah, I, d I, d I definitely wouldn't want to be a judge. Just I think I'm really open in my biases. <laughs> And uh, how many it's people decide I'm on? No, it, it's, as soon as I called in <laughs> a result and somebody didn't like it, they'd be straight on my case. It's the same, the same in one year fighters losers like Nathaniel. It's like a funeral for you, isn't it? You, you go in the morning for the. I mean, Andrew, I don't know how you deal with it, like as a coach. Like for me, I I don't know these guys as well as you you do with the people you train with every day. But like I talk to them a lot. Like some people I've interviewed like seven or eight times now, or I've met them at events loads, or some of them are my teammates. And like I know how much it means to them. I know how much they've put into it. I know how much they need the money of a win. I know, you know, like you just know so much about their background, and then when they lose, you feel it so bad. Yeah, no, definitely, it is. You do get yourself involved. Do you just mean just losing in general, or when it's like a, a funny like decision? Like when it's somebody you know. Oh yeah, just in general, it's even worse oh, when it's a bad decision. Oh. But like in general, yeah. take take the wood oh, fight, right? An hour after the fight, Nathaniel tweeted or whatever and going, no, it was unlucky, but it was a good fight. He got over it quite quickly. Katie was like, I'm going to kill that fucking judge. <laughs> no, no. I, and I think that's the, that's the right way to be. I'm sure he feels like that in his head. He, he's just trying to be a professional. And, a, and knowing a lot of times fighters are okay on the night, it's, it's two weeks later that are kind of... And they're getting hit in the head and then they're suffering with... You know, getting half their pay and feeling really sometimes embarrassed, sometimes down. How many fighters have had mental health issues? And they're doing it for shit money as well. Like these, these are all the things why I yeah. get like my emotional attachments to people. I think there's better training. We, we need, I mean, we need to kind of get that sorted. We need to find out how what their training is, and because it's obviously not good enough at the moment, and how the judges know that get picked. I know local shows are just like oh. Hey mate, do you want to fucking judge this fight and get on with that's it? This is cool. Yeah. That, that's, how much could you, you know for these local shows? Like, how who do you get to do it? Like, you can't afford to pay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like a qualified judge. So, like, what, what, what do you do? You know, it's like. Yeah, so it's hard. It's tough. It's tough. 
Especially when it's like these your first couple of pro fights until you get a bad decision because it was crappy judges, you know, like but it's it's, it's like say for MMA and you have to pay for the test and all that to fight on certain yeah, shows. Like, it's hard. But you know, having said that, that makes like Khabib's twenty nine and oh even more amazing when you think of <laughs> all the things that can go wrong in an MMA fight, all of the weird things that happen, all of the accident or injuries that can happen, the disqualification that can happen, the bad judging that can happen, yeah. and he still managed to get an unblemished record. It's yeah, but yeah, happened to John Jones, remember, he got lucky with that 12 6 elbow and he got done for that. So. And Khabib yeah. actually, he had he had a broken foot before that fight and two broken yeah. feet. And, yeah. and the mumps, and he didn't tell anybody till after. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Legend. Well, that that's all I've got for you guys. Unless you've got anything else that you wanted to talk about tonight. No, nah, I think there was just there was one question came up. I just wanted to pick up on it. It was okay. the MMA Scotland just asking who who oh. I think was the other. The goat of jujitsu, all right. So, um, so for me, the goat of jujitsu is Hodger Gracie. Um, I mean, Hodger Gracie is the man. I mean, anybody who's ever met Hodger Gracie is an absolute gentleman. Um, and this is always a question that comes up with with a lot of people, whether a lot of jujitsu people. So everybody's got a different opinion. The majority. A sway towards Hodger Gracie. I mean, there's a few Cayo Terra, Marcelo Garcia, and things like that, um, but definitely Hodger Gracie is the man. So, thank you for that. I think there's there's one more down here from Bill the Butcher saying UK fighters wrestling has come a long way. How did they fix that problem? I know that Brad, like training at ATT and then bringing that back to Titan, that was a big help to those guys. What do you think the solution's been, Andrew? Um, obviously, the growth of MMA has made all of us English fighters watch more wrestling and bring that way. I think uh, British wrestling as a whole is still like, like I'm not. There's there's obviously some really good people, but I think as a whole, it's it's definitely not the same standard as the rest of the world. But I think should the big guy in school. So um, like yeah, well, that, that would be amazing. I would I would love it if that happened. Actually, actually, um, volunteer at the kids' school and I teach them. Teach the some of the juniors kids just just wrestling and stuff I do, um, which is quite cool. Obviously not at the minute with what's happening, but um, it's quite nice in school to let us do that as well. Yeah. Um, so, but I think it's more uh, just back to the question. It's more the English guys are just uh, they're not learning, there's a lot of stuff that that wouldn't really work in MMA. So, but just spent a lot of time just working the using the stuff that does work in MMA. Mm. But see, that's probably how. But I think we have closed the gap a bit. Definitely, especially people like Nathaniel, Jack Shaw. Um, yeah, I think he's definitely head and shoulders above where it used to be. I, I, I think for MMA, it has. If it was maybe straight out wrestling, we're still not as yeah. anywhere near. Oh, God, good. yeah. But I think the, the wrestling for MMA, I think we have closed the gap. Remember, remember Michael Bisping, his takedown defence was excellent. And then when you did get taken down, you got straight back up. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. It was spot on every time. Yeah. Who's the number like one the who first... had gas tank for days? Yeah, yeah, like the first lot of them was like, say, it was Michael Bisman, Ross Pearson, Andrea Winner, and they might not have had the best take down defence, but they would get scrambles straight over every time. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on, all of you. Um, really enjoyed tonight's show. And uh, 
next week i can't remember who's headlining next week it's another great card next week isn't it oh all anderson's halloween yeah, yeah, Anderson. Yeah. My girlfriend actually said that, not me. We forgot him from the, the goat conversation and now yeah. we're forgetting his retirement fight. How disrespectful can you be? Remember, Uriah Hall was the one member he did the, the spinning kick knockout and all that. Not yeah. and we're thinking he's the next Anderson Silver kind of thing. And now these two mm -hmm. are finally fighting. I think they were meant to fight before, weren't they? Yeah, they were, yeah. 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 Well, look forward to that and uh, discussing that with you, Peter. Fight Fuel, thank you for your sponsorship. And everyone, thank you for joining us. Take care, everyone. Bye. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye.